like teched out crazy fucking trains that come in and just blast the shit out of the fucking confederate side you know it would just be amazing like if you really said well fuck it because no one gives a shit anyway the people who care care and the people who don't don't so why not say fuck it and have fun with the motherfucking idea right you know that's my thing i would love to like like you know like have like prayer powers and shit you know they'd be like clerics and fucking all that shit would be amazing like sherman is still my favorite and he would be even cooler in a psychotic crazy um just (laughs) just a badass fire wizard type dude or like just an amazing fucking soldier and all that shit man Check, 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 check. I just messed up. I do that because I'm not used to... (laughs) I'm not used to YouTube on a computer. (laughs) 
How dumb am I, right? Right? One would be like, alright, one would shut up. One would, one might, one would. Welcome to uh, G Money and Modigliani. <laughs> Modigliani is out on the case right now, and we're sure to have him back. But um, I've been like, I think I'm on the fucking proverbial search for the perfect beat or something. And um, I had remembered back when I was young. Like, there was, like, a really fucking good Robert Palmer song, bro. And they never play anymore. <clears throat> like, and I was like, now surely is not. The funny part about Simply Resistible is that it's a funny song. It's a take. It's like the third in a suite <laughs> of stuff, you know? And you learned through the first two fucking songs one, how cool it is. Two, how weird it is. And then three, just how ridiculous it can all be. The third one being simply irresistible. But it's, it's, since that's not how history's wrote, you know, all all most people know is uh, Baby Got Back and Simply Irresistible. And you're like, what the fuck? Not, not, oh, well, that, they were just so crazy. No. <laughs> Some of it actually makes sense. Andy Boostine is on assignment, it looks like. And, um, you know what? I like this song so much. I'm gonna fucking play it twice. This I'm not gonna interrupt it. Sorry, I, I got so excited for the next thing. We'll do it one more time. This is Robert Palmer's I Didn't Mean to Turn You On.
Told you. No interruptions. How nice is that? <laughs> nice clean take. I was thinking like the other day, man, like, is it fucked up if you play songs like on your show? And I was like, no. I'm getting them off of fucking YouTube, right? They're not paying for shit. So who cares? You know, it's not like some licensing deal that's like, oh, well, you can just play every song ever written and whoever uploads anything. That's cool. They're they're paying for it, too. No. So fucking wait. If not, there wouldn't be six different versions of this same stupid song. Right. But anyway, boop a doo doo. Oh, lovely Sunday morning. Sunday morning. Right. Right. Leaves are done in. We'll play that fucking song. I haven't heard it in forever, right? The Velvet Underground. It's just a wasted feeling right? by my son. Do, 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 do. Sunday morning. It's so fucking hard for me to type and talk at the same time. Hey. <laughs> I'm sure there's some dumb band called Sunday Morning. Right? It's gotta be. Ugh. You know what's the fucking worst piece of 2000s garbage horse shit ever? No, we're not Faye. We're just fucking Sunday Morning. <laughs> Fuck off, right? Boo. Boo. I skipped the fucking Air France video. That'd be nice. Alright. And a one, and a two, and a buckle our shoes. She easily glides. It's all the streets you cross, not so long 
the fucking college rack. Sorry. <laughs> Not that I ever get sick of that shit, but I always get so sick of that shit. It's like, I, look, sometimes, you know, you can learn shit too young, right? That's one of those fucking things where it's like, oh, yeah, it's just like knowing too much weird good shit when you're too fucking young. Like, my shit was on accident, right? Because, like, my parents just happened to, like, and it's not because of any fucking music snobbery. They just happen to like pretty interesting stuff, and I have a good ear. And I was just born with a decent ear. That's, that, I'll, I'll eat that, and I'll take that all day. But, like, <laughs> so, let, yeah, like this. Like, here's a great fucking song that I heard when I was really young. And I loved, since I was young, and, um, <clears throat> and <laughs> it's just like, ah, well, yeah, you know, this is a fucking, yeah, it's like a tune, man. But, you know, it's just one, of, it's like a, I think it's a perfect little example of, like, something simple, but, um, dynamic complicated but simple and complicated at the same fucking time it's doing the bad the good part of double think right you know 1984's double speak or double talk or double speak i think it's what it's called it's doing the good part of it the music version right it's making you both like get dumb and smart at the same time it's the best it's expanding your world and um i wish more fucking songs do this Great fucking song, but Night Star Curious.
red in my fingers, burning a hole in my fucking fingers. Jesus Christ. I can't wait to beat so fucking good. Here's a weird ass song, okay? This is Leon Huff from Gamble and Fame. And this is all, basically, all of that famous fucking Philly sound all on one song. It's like the secret garden horseshit of Leon Huff. Make your body move. There goes the OJs. Music for the soul of man.
fade out song that one fades out on its own but <laughs> i got this big thing against fade out songs it's like insulting if you've ever played a fucking song in your life like you don't know how to end the motherfucker man end the song nah we'll just fade it out <laughs> fuck off man <laughs> it's so shit like how like like it's so garbage to end a song on a fucking fade out and like it became like de rigueur like somewhere in the mid fucking 60s or something and assholes just still fucking do it man it's the worst literally the worst like Ugh. But anyway, who cares? Here's another band that fades out. <laughs> but um, they fade in, too. <clears throat> it's just as weird. But um, like Mary J. Blige, their live show is garbage. And you're like, well, what the fuck happened? Now, I know Mary J. Blige got better with age, but these motherfuckers... Uh, it's like... Fuck off. Anyway, fade in.
See, look at that. They know how to fucking finish a damn song. It might be dumb, but at least it's fucking done. Expose. Josephine is delighted. Look at her. She's delighted. Ugh. I was going to ask if anybody remembers the internet before there was commercials. And then I was like, well, there's no one to ask. <clears throat> the same stupid group did fucking Seasons Change. Come go with me. Point of no return. But here's their best song. <laughs> songs are of a year right and they're always wrong <laughs> it's shocking how bad those could be right so i figured well fuck it we'll do like the 30 years ago version right here right now and uh you know we'll see what 1987 had to fucking bring up and like <clears throat> Weirdly, the odd years in the 80s kind of stank in my head. But, you know, that's just from growing up in it. But there there are actually quite a few fucking great contenders. In fact, this fucking thing is such a winner. Let's just start with this. 
Here's the thing that stinks. I can skip the ad so much faster on my phone. On my phone. Jesus, church. Church. Yeah. He's a shade of winner. Bengals. song <laughs> this is gonna be my thing today fucking bands that can't end their dumb songs <laughs> this is so fucked up uh, it should be this right yeah if you start that okay we're gonna do one more Stop. jeez oh pizza there you go but that's a fucking terrible Here is Lee. Shut up. No, if you play the next fucking song, we're gonna fucking go to war. Alright. Anyway. <laughs> oh god. Um 
I was also thinking how funny would it be just to play the fucking most horseshit songs. Because people always think that, like, oh, man, you remember this good shit and this good shit and this good shit? Not all this shit is good shit, man. That came through those years, bruh. It's like, ugh. Like, this shit playing right now that's so fucking bad. Like, just, uh, what's going on? All right. Oh, I get it. Ugh. <coughs> 87, the fucking terrible ass year for just music in general. Janet Jackson and Herb Albert Diamonds. Like, I'm going to play some. I, ain't never, I don't think I've ever heard this fucking Janet Jackson song before. What, what the fuck? <laughs> <I'm>, <clears throat> Here we go. You must have heard this. yourself looking for the right flight with so many different websites it's hard to know if you found yeah, 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 yeah. can you believe that horse shit diamonds are on girls but i know i've heard that horse shit somewhere oh thank god it died
Everything in 1987 feels fucking sticky and sweaty. And, like, it sounds like that shit, man. Like, the more you play the shit, the more you hear, like, how, like, exceptional... You haven't played World of Tanks yet? You're wasting your life! Because in World of Tanks, you can shoot on the move. Shoot on... Not that that's the worst shit, but... <laughs> it just has this... Shadow of a lover goes dancing by Looking for a little 
Yeah, so I'm playing this fucking uh, tap hundo songs of 87, right? And it suddenly occurred to me, there's no fucking big black on here. And I know for a fact, <laughs> like, songs about fucking came out in 1987. So I was like, man, what the fuck am I doing? And I was like, well, who cares? But <laughs> right somewhere in between there, I was like, well, you know what's kind of interesting is the fact that, like, there's always that, right? And I know all these dumb fucking songs I'm playing because I grew up, I'd like... These are so burned into, like, the middle of my brain from just Top 40 Radio going from fucking school to the fucking grocery store, all that shit. And, like, it's it's so nutty, like, because there's, like, a whole another subsection of music, at least, at least one. I didn't even bring up rap music. But just, just like on a rock and roll level of like better fucking, or not even better, different fucking music that's made at like a, like a cooler clip and, um, or like a, that wasn't pushed by the major companies at that time. How about that? I think that's, that's probably the best way of putting it. Cause like you could turn, like, there's no butthole surfers on this, and I know they were putting out good shit in 87, right? Like, 87? You are now on the verge of turning shit into what will be eventually called grunge by 87 in the Northwest, you know? Like, Green River and shit, that's getting started, bro. Like, all that shit. So, so it's like, get the fuck out. The fucking number one song is fucking like Robert Palmer. Always trying to be nice. Yeah, yeah, that's good too. In my head, you know. But you know, I don't buy a lot of you know your, especially a commercially made indie product. <laughs> Doesn't even make sense. Just in in that fucking phrase, right? Oh no 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 no. You know no. We get a lot of merch. <laughs> One of my favorite album titles is uh, Minutemen Project Merch. <laughs> anyway, I'm debating playing this one last song. I'm thinking, debating, I'm gonna play this song, bank out to a fucking half a second break for no particular reason, but I figure station identification be like an hour right here on mutantradio.fm and come back and then we'll just play some fucking two stories and get the fuck out of here. Yeah, that sounds cool. <laughs> Got that fucking didn't want to turn you on song in my head. <laughs> Here you go. It's, I think it's the number one song in the game. Great song. That's beautiful. Cigarette, falling types of the hookah, I say, oh, 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 o
song oh um what's so creepy i was looking at you know that fucking video while i was playing and it made me think like what's up with like a certain type of american who like has had this let's let's not be too rude and just call it a fetish for like in let's be fucking nice and say an olive skinned woman <laughs> for like a lot of years it's so creepy we've been in afghanistan how long beyond the opium right we it's just is it a literal rape and get fucked up type of situation over there i'm looking for oh yeah Uh, what, what's that song go? What's that song go? I know that's not a thing. <laughs> I'm so tired. I'm so tired for George. Because I've slept like shit the last two days. Really? Three days. Oh, wow. Well, gee. What are you gonna fucking... You know, you're gonna... What are you gonna do about it? Get the fuck out of here and go to sleep. <laughs> That's what I'm gonna do about it. I'm gonna do exactly this. I'm gonna play two, count them, two episodes of Escape that run fucking 30 minutes each. I'm not gonna play no more ads. I'm gonna get the fuck 
everyday routine ever dream of a life of romantic adventure want to get away from it all we offer you escape Escape, designed to free you from the four walls of today for a half hour of high adventure. Escape, brought to you by your Richfield gasoline dealer and the Richfield Oil Corporation of New York. Marketers of Richfield gasolines with Xylene, Rich Lube, all-weather motor oil, and other famous petroleum products. Look for the Richfield Eagle on the cream and blue pumps. Tonight, we escape to the jungles of South America and a seething tale of terror and violence as told by James Poe in Bloodbath, starring Mr. Vincent Price. By portaging the rapids and walking the mules in the shallower stretches, we'd managed to get our supplies and equipment more than 1,700 miles up the river. After this, further navigable passage being impossible, we'd traveled by foot, hacking our way through the thick, steaming jungle, coaxing and goading the heavily laden beasts. We'd left the jungle and begun the climb. Eleven days later, high in the Andes, we found our objective and we set to work, hard work. And then, on a hazy afternoon in late May, we found it. I shall never forget the scene. Below us, the mountains swung down to the jungle which stretched eastward, far as the eye could see. The peaks above us had cut off the setting sun and the light had a curious violet quality. The dank, chill wind whispering and gusting set the sparse timber scrubs to trembling and shuddering and the mules, disdainful of their five strange masters, foraged the cacti and dwarf pine. The instruments were set up and the specimens were at hand and now, crouched and tense, we leaned forward. How about it, Hess? Wait. The tube's got to warm up. Come on, come on. Wait, will you? I've waited five years for this moment. Five? Five hundred, you mean? Five million? Come on, Hessie. How about it, Hess? Mm-hmm. Okay. Give him the sample, O'Brien. Yeah, here. Come on, baby. Shut up, will you? Shh. Here goes. Switch on. Holy cow. Good. Good. It's fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Come on, Hesse. What's the word? Yeah, Hesse. Give. Gentlemen. Gentlemen. Unless this machine is busted, unless this Geiger counter has forgotten its multiplication table, we have discovered the richest load of uranium ore known to man. I won't go into the details of how we'd come to locate the ore because that's a story in itself. Suffice it to say that late in the afternoon of that hazy May day, the five of us, gamblers all, 
came to the end of our rainbow, found our pot of gold. The vein runs all the way up the side of the mountain. Must be worth a million bucks. A million, a billion. A trillion bucks. <laughs> do you boys realize what we've got here? Sure we do. We've got the world at our feet. Why, the man who gets the strike registered in his name can be a king. Every country in the world is going to come running up to him with trunks full of money and power. Ah, <laughs> you tell him, Hesse. Power? Yeah, we'll make the United States the most powerful nation on earth. Why the United States? Oh, you wouldn't sell to anybody else, would you? <laughs> I'm a businessman, Harris. You're a fool. No, no. I'm a businessman. A trillion bucks. <laughs> oh, gents, we've got the world at our feet. Split five ways. The world at our feet. Split five ways. That night, as I lay huddled under my thin blanket, I wondered what it would be like being a wealthy man. Wondered if it were really true. Wondered how it would affect the others, how it would affect me. In the morning, we were to set off on the long return journey down to the jungle and through the jungle to the launch and down the river to civilization. There, we'd register our claim, purchase, if need be, the land, lease it perhaps from the government. Hmm. Oh, millionaires, world at our feet. Uranium, enough to blow up the whole universe. Power. Harris, wake up. Uh, oh, what's the, what's wake the up, time? Harris, wake up. Oh, good morning, millionaire. Weems, wake up. The <laughs> sun's coming up. Hey, huh? hey, where are the others? They're gone. Huh? Gone? Yes, Dumont and O'Brien. They took the mules and most of the food and cut out. When? How do I know when? Sometime during the night. But why? Why? A trillion bucks, that's why. Oh, no, no, no. Once they get down to the jungle, they'll have to travel on foot. There's ten days' march to the river. If they beat us to the boat, we're stuck with 1,500 miles of jungle between us and safety. Fifty? Impossible. We'd never make a hundred. That's right. We've got to catch them, or we're dead. We traveled as lightly as possible. It was a risky business, doubly so, because O'Brien and Dumont had taken our guns with them. The only weapons we had between us were one long machete and two pocket knives. These would be of little protection against jaguars, bushmasters, tapirs, bow constrictors, and the rest of it. Fortunately, they'd left our number one necessity to survival. They'd forgotten to take our quinine. This and our food was all we carried. The long descent to the jungle was slow going on foot. It was here that we nearly gave up hope. We moved as fast as we could, but we were no match for men who were riding. But we reached the jungle. Then things took a better turn. Here the thick vines and heavy undergrowth was, we knew, almost an impossible hazard for a riding man. And we could see their boot prints mingled with those of the mules. We knew that they were having trouble, too. The animals were afraid of many things in the jungle. Would balk suddenly require careful handling? We pushed ahead as rapidly as possible, battling mosquitoes, pume flies, matukas, and the blood-sucking carpato ticks, and, of course, the jungle itself with its never-ending barrage of razor grasses, needle vines, swamps, bog traps, and so forth. It was hot, 
stinking hot, and the going was hard, but we had to make it. We couldn't travel at night. We'd taken our flashlights. We'd bundle up as best we could, protecting ourselves, not from the cold, it was hot and muggy even at dawn, but from the mosquitoes. And as we progressed towards the river area, from the bats, vampire bats. Ever seen them? <laughs> They're small, rather fragile looking little things. By day they hang, heads down from the trees, wings folded like, like clusters of rotten fruit. By night, they hunt. They have razor sharp teeth, bite like the finest steel scalpels. Their object is to break the skin very delicately, start the blood to coming, and then they simply hang on and sip. Without mosquito netting, we had a rough time of it, a sleepless time. But we managed to keep on going. And on the third day... Uh, it's not yours, fellas. We can't make it to the river before them. We've got to, Lindsay. We've got to make it right, Wayne. Even if we do catch up, they got the guns. Shh, shh. Huh? What are you stopping? Oh, quiet, quiet. I heard something. What did you hear? Shh. Gunfire. Yeah. Come on. They can't be more than a mile or two ahead. Come on. We ran through the jungle, following the fresh marks of the animals uh. and the two men. And a half an hour or so later, we broke into a little clearing. And there was Dumont. Dumont. He's dead. Shot in the back. <laughs> Good old Obi. Sweet guy, that Obi. Here, come on. Let's turn him over. He's really been sweating, huh? Yeah. It's malaria. You see his face? Good old Obi. And Dumont came down with malaria, probably started to slow him down. Sweet guy, that Obi. Come on. Come on, let's go. Yeah. Hey, they should have remembered the quinine. I got no sympathy for Dumont. <laughs> you know, you know what would be nice? What? If that, if that Obi should get malaria now. Yeah. He'd be helpless. <laughs> He'd ask me for quinine, and I'd throw him a stone. On we went. Now there were no boot marks with the mule tracks. Apparently, O'Brien was riding one of the animals. From time to time, we'd see a flurry of tracks churned up as though he had had to dismount to tug one of the beasts back onto the trail. We followed the tracks for another two days, and then on the sixth day, we found one of the mules. How you feeling, boy? Huh? Where's your saddle? He really looks beat. Look at those marks on his flanks. Vampire bats. Yeah. And that leaves O'Brien on foot. Yeah. Hey, hey, you hear that? Hey, it's the launch. We're to the river. He's starting the motor. Come on! Oh. Uh, it wasn't very far, just a few hundred yards. And the path was strewn with O'Brien's discarded supplies. Quite suddenly, we came out of the jungle and onto a narrow white sandbar, the river. And there, not 30 feet away from us, just drifting off into the deep, dark, fast-moving waters, was O'Brien in the launch. O'Brien! Beat you! <laughs> I beat you all! Look at him. He's like a skeleton. Oh, Wait for us, O'Brien! 
the launch lurched dizzily as it floated downstream. O'Brien was feeble, sweating, possessed. He had the fever, had it bad. Come on, let's go after you him. You can't, this is piranha water. Cannibal fish, they'll eat you, haven't Yeah. Hey, Obi! Hey, you know me, Obi! Your old pal, Hesse! Hey, what do you say, Obi, huh? Yeah. Huh? He staggered dizzily about the cockpit, trying to start Look the engine. Look at him, he can't stand he up! He was laughing, and he was so weak that he could barely spin the flywheel to the kicker. Obi! He slipped! Good Lord, he's in the water! The fish, the piranhas! They got him! They got him! I ain't gonna look at this! One moment we saw him swimming weakly, his large, fever-ridden eyes turned imploringly toward us, and the next moment he was gone, leaving only a large, red-churning patch on the water. The piranhas are small, rarely more than 12 or 14 inches long, small fish with large, powerful jaws, teeth like broken glass, and an insatiable, maniacal appetite for flesh. The launch, caught by the deep, fast-moving waters, rocked softly this way and that, and moved on downstream, away. Away around a bend and out of sight. The march of science over the years has produced better than ever gasoline for your car. But now science adds one of the greatest gasoline components of all. It's called xylene. Xylene, a super gasoline component, adds two great qualities to gasoline. Xylene gives higher than ever Antinoch performance. Xylene means power. Today, every gallon of Richfield gasoline contains xylene. If you want a motor that runs quiet as a whisper, if you want pickup and power to spare, try Richfield Gasoline with Xylene. Your Richfield dealer offers a choice of two great Richfield Gasolines with Xylene. Richfield High Octane at regular price for the average motor. Or Richfield Ethyl. Ethyl at its best. For tip-top results in the highest compression motors. Drive in where you see the Richfield Eagle on the cream and blue pumps. Get Richfield Gasoline with Xylene. Xylene, one of the highest Antinoch components in gasoline history. And now we return you to Escape, starring Vincent Price. We picked over the supplies O'Brien had left on the shore. There wasn't much we wanted. A gun without ammunition, a few tins of food tent and some bedding, cooking equipment, a coil of rope. We loaded these things onto the mule and set off through the jungle, downstream along the river's course, 1,500 miles to civilization. We had it tough. The jungle was thick along the river's bank and we made little progress. Not more than five miles that day, but the next day, we rounded a bend, keeping close to the shore, and there, about a quarter mile below us, and nuzzling the opposite shore, grounded on the sand, lay the launch. Looks shallow enough here. Yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah, but what about the fish? How deep does it look to you, Harris, at the deepest part, I mean? Oh, I don't know, maybe two and a half feet, maybe three. Most of it's less than that. I got an idea. Shoot. We've got to get across the launch, see? Yeah. So here's what we do. 
We throw away everything. There'll be food and water in the launch, see? Yeah. Now, you see that little patch of sand in the middle of the river where the bar shows? Yeah. We go that way. That's bound to be the shallowest way, see? How do we go? On the mule, the three of us. Ah, you nuts. This mule ain't in such bad condition it can't get the three of us across 70 feet of shallow water. What do you say, Harris? Why not? All right, I'll get aboard first. Come on. Get farther up, Wimsy. You're the lightest. Yeah. Harris, you get on next. Mm -hmm. Hang on to Wimsy. Here, here. Carry this coil of rope around your neck. We may need it. I've got the machete strapped to my back. You set, Weems? Yeah. Now hold tight to me, Hess. Don't worry. If I go, you go too. And if he goes, I go. So let's hang on, gents. Let's really hang on. As long as he's moving fast, he can't get at his legs. Ain't that right? He's not showing anything to him but hoofs and hair. Hold his head up, Weems. Don't let him look down. Uh, You all set? Yeah, all set. All right, here we go. Ah, get off! Come on, you're Come on, baby. I felt the mule lurch when he stepped into the water. The sand was softer here than on the shore. Ahead, not 40 feet away, lay the little spit of land. The mule refused to run, couldn't run, and before he'd taken 10 steps, I knew he was too weak to support the three of us. From every direction in the swirling water about us came small, shadowy, dark shapes. The piranhas. Don't stop! Come on, baby. Keep moving, baby. Come on. Move along, baby. He can't do it. You gotta do it, baby. Come on, Sweet come on. mother! What are those? The piranhas were churning the water about us, and coming in from beyond them were four or five long, dark shapes, six and seven feet long, thick and wriggling. Eels, electric eels. Uh, they'll sting them. Get along. To the back. Get him to the sandbar. Faster, faster. Come on. <laughs> Made it. It's true about electric eels. <sighs> They can throw a jolt that'll kill a jaguar. Make a jaws like a vice. So, here we are, gentlemen, stuck. Just 30 feet of water between us and the shore. Get across it, and we can get to the launch and the civilization and all the rest. Oh, the three of us are too much for that mule. Uh, only 30 feet. Why, you could run it in seconds. You see those little shadows around us in the water? I see those little shadows around us. You don't have to draw pictures. Hey, Oh, here's another bright idea coming up. As a matter of fact, yeah. Yeah, hold on to your hat, Harris. We got that curl of rope. Yes. The mule could carry one of us. That mule's not in such bad shape, you know. Yes. Tie the rope over his bridle. Then one of us pulls him over with him fast, you see. One rides, and then the other two pull him back. Yeah. Yeah. And the next one gets on. Yeah. What do you say? Oh, he can't stay here. It's a natural. Who uh, goes first? Me, on account I'm the lightest. I won't tire him so much. How about it, Harris? All right. Well, get going then. Okay. Tie that rope to his bridle. I'm doing it. All right, give me the machete. What do you want the machete for? I want it, that's all. Give me. No. Okay. All right, now you two get at the end of the spit. So as when you pay out the line, you don't get it caught in his legs. Well, you think of everything. That's right, I'm a smart boy. Ready with the line. You sure it's tied fast to the bridle? Yeah, I'm sure. No funny business, Weems. All we gotta do is jerk this rope once while you're over that water and you're done for. You're a sharp article. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But not sharp enough! Hey! Weems, you cut the rope! So long, sucker! The rope. Our only salvation was cut. And now Weems, grinning and riding, was out into the stream, heading for the shore and safety. He went not 15 feet when one of the long, dark, wriggling shapes made for the mule and got his leg. Hey, get away, 
The mule reared up on his hind legs, the eel clinging to his foot, pumping paralyzing shocks into him. Weems clutched his neck with one hand and slapped him on the flank with the flat of the machete with the other. The mule came down and more eels went for his legs. He began to lurch sideways. Weems swung the long steel blade in an arc, barely missing the mule's leg, and connected with one of the eels. His hair seemed to stand on end. His other arm released the mule's neck. The arm holding the blade was extended stiffly, still caught in the thick, muscular back of the electric eel. And then the mule reared again, and Weems fell back into the water. The mule, freed of Weems, made the shore and vanished into the jungle. We turned away. No man could watch what was happening to Weems and retain his sanity. And so, there we were, Hess and I on that sand spit which the river was slowly washing away. Night coming, vampire bats coming, and all about us, the electric eels and the little cannibal fish waiting. There was no moon. There were evil stars, red and yellow. There was a black sky and against it blacker shapes, the vampire bats. We waved our arms and kept them off, but again and again during that long and terrible night they brushed against us, squealing and squeaking, trying to get us. Dark, evil, thirsting bats. A thousand years later came the dawn. That water's taken a lot of sand away. This thing isn't much bigger than a card table. Mm. Look at them. Look at those fish. You think they had enough to eat yesterday? Mm. Mm. Listen, Harris. No matter what happens now, at least you and I have played it square, right? Yeah, that's right, yes. Shake my hand, Harris. All right. Because I think I got an idea on how we can get out of here. What? Yeah. Look up there. Yeah. See see that vine hanging down from the big tree? It's over the water and it must be 15 feet up. Yeah, yeah, but if you were on it, you could do a Tarzan to the shore. The rope? That's right. Now, if we can just lasso the end of that and pull tight, we'll have enough swing to make it across. Swing like a pendulum, if you follow me. One guy gets on the other shoulders to swing over to get the start, see? Then when he gets to shore, he fastens a rock and swings the rope back to the other. Oh, that vine will hold, it'll work. It took us two hours before we managed to lasso the end of that vine. And then we tested it again and again until we were positive it would hold a man's weight. And then we were ready. Ah, you stand good and steady now, pal. I'm gonna go easy on you, but don't shake. Because if you spill me in that water, I'm a gone guy. I'm ready. I'm ready. Good luck. Uh, here. No! I felt his feet leave my shoulders, and then he was off, skimming the water with his feet drawn up, and then, miraculously, he was on the shore. Good boy! Good boy! Uh, yeah! Like a breeze, huh? Uh, like a breeze. Hey, uh, any rocks around there? Sorry. 
He smiled at me and shrugged and then looked down the stream at the launch. I knew that smile, that trillion dollar smile. It said, so long, sucker. Don't do it, Hess. Send me the rope. <laughs> You're too nice a guy, Harris. You and I would never get along. You, you can have it all, Hess. Every scrap of it. Only for the love of mercy, send me the rope. No, no, you want some. You wouldn't approve of what I mean to do with it. Hess! He stood there laughing at me and shaking his head slowly. But uh, above him, just over his head, was another vine, thick and mottled, and it was moving. Look out, Hess! Hess! <laughs> he didn't understand or didn't hear me. Just stood there smiling and shaking his head. The boa constrictor dropped heavily and accurately a thrashing tangle of scaly muscles. <laughs> The sun was hot, blistering hot. I was alone, all alone, except for the ever-waiting piranhas. Hess's body was hidden by the low, scrubby vines and palmettos. Several hours later, I saw the boa, now gorged, slither lumpily away. I waited, and I waited. From time to time, I thought of stepping out into the stream. It would be over very quickly, I told myself, very quickly. But I, I couldn't. And then I noticed an odd thing. The current which had been sweeping the sand away had shifted slightly. A whim, a miracle. And now new sand from some sunken bar was beginning to pile up between me and the shore, grain by grain, rib by rib. I watched this. And I watched. And I watched. And at five o'clock that afternoon, I walked ashore to the lawn. And didn't even get my feet wet. It's nice where I live. Quiet little streets, nice people, nice kids, nice country, peaceful, nice peace. I know where there's enough uranium to blow it all to hell. Want it? Just go up the river. Up the river, it's, uh, it's for the taking. Ask Dumont and Obi and Weems and Hess. A trillion bucks worth. Enough to give the whole world a bloodbath. Yourself included. Warm summer weather makes you think of baseball games, picnics, and holiday driving. But be sure your car's ready when you are. Get Richfield All Point Safety Service. The service that puts your car in top shape for warm weather driving. With Richfield All Point Safety Service, you get a careful All Point lubrication job that protects the chassis, transmission, and differential. You get lubricants that stick to your car's ribs no matter what the temperature. You get the protection of Rich Lube All Weather Motor Oil, the Pennsylvania premium grade oil that cleans as it lubricates. <laughs> 
You also get a safety check of batteries, spark plugs, tires, and radiator. And expert service if your car has automatic transmission. The Richfield gasoline dealer is specially trained to protect your car against wear and breakdown. So get Richfield All Point Safety Service tomorrow. Look for the Richfield Eagle on the cream and blue pumps. Escape is produced and directed by William N. Robeson. And tonight starred Mr. Vincent Price. Bloodbath was written by James Poe. Others in the cast were Wally Mayer, Ted DeCorsia, Paul Fries, and Tony Barrett. Special music arranged and played by Ivan Dittmars. Next week... You are groping your way slowly through the dark hold of a ship at sea. Moving carefully, step by step, dreading to find what you know is there. Death in the form of a deadly Bushmaster from which there is no escape. Next week at this time, the Richfield Oil Corporation of New York invites you to escape to the Caribbean and a grim voyage of impending death as Martin Storm tells it in his exciting tale, A Shipment of Mute Fate. Goodbye then until this same time next week when once again we offer you Escape. Tom Hanlon speaking. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. Time to escape. Escape from now, from here, from yourself. Columbia invites you to voyage into the realms of the imagination. Each week we present adventures of men and women who escape into the misty land between the credible and the incredible. Tonight's story of escape tells of a dummy with a wooden head and wooden arms and even a wooden heart who served a master until one day this master heard him say, I've had enough of you. I don't need you anymore. Escape now into the strange adventure of Eric Hickson and his dummy, Toby. This is a story told backstage in many an English music hall in London Cabaret when the performers are sitting around waiting to go on or when they finish their evening show. Nobody ever knew very much about Eric Hickson, though many of the turns had played on bills with him. Mostly small-time acts, for it was only at the end of a long, difficult trail that Hickson reached the fashionable West End. It was the night after Hickson's opening at the Kit Kat Club. The act which preceded his was just finishing. But instead of taking his position in the wings, Hickson was still sitting in his dressing room. On his knee was his partner, Toby, a small wooden ventriloquist dummy with a painted face. I say, Hickson, what's holding you up? You're on in a minute. 
Are we? Of course you are. We've got a splendid house out there and I want to introduce you. Wait, Piccolo. Well? We can't go on. What? We can't. It's quite impossible. What nonsense is this? You hear the dancers are going on. It's Toby, Piccolo. Toby, he refuses to talk. Toby, you're dummy? Yes, I can't get a word out of him. Hickson, what is this? A rib? Certainly not. Well, you're a ventriloquist, aren't you? At least you were last night. <laughs> Let the customers talk and hold hands. Huh? The stage is just as empty and we're on it. Toby. Hickson, what the devil are you up to? Go on, go on, Bigelow. Get out there and tell them we're not appearing. So your dummy won't talk, won't he? It's the very first time he's spoken all evening, I swear it. Who'd want to say anything ever again after those reviews we got on our opening last night? He knows he's beyond his depth here, Bigelow. He's frightened. Stop this gagging of all nights when you should want to be particularly good with Mel Baxter in the house. Mel Baxter? The American ventriloquist? Yes, the star of the American wireless. And he married that gorgeous blonde in his last picture. Yes, she's with him at the table out there. Uh, what, oh, what kind of nonsense am I talking to this dummy? Dummy yourself. Go on, big mouth. Get out there and introduce her. I want to see Mel Baxter. And now, ladies and gentlemen, before I present to you our next feature turn, I'd like to call on a distinguished artist who's here tonight. You've all heard him on the American Wireless and seen him in the American cinema. Mel Baxter! Stand up, Mel! Stand up! And enjoy that well-known Kit Kat hospitality. Ah, you very, very nice people. Thank you. Thank you. Always nice to visit London. And isn't that charming lady with you, Mrs. Baxter? That's right. Stand up and take a bow, baby. Hello, everybody. Thank you, Mrs. Baxter. Oh, Mel, did you bring your little pal, Muggsy Martin, along on this trip? No, no, I didn't. The little toothpick gets seasick. <laughs> oh, what a pity. Yeah, yeah, it is. He says every time he sees me, he gets seasick. <laughs> well, that gag's aged in the wood, but so's Muggsy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure Mrs. Baxter is a much pleasanter burden on your knee, Mel. <laughs> Thanks ever so much, and have fun. <laughs> and now, ladies and gentlemen, I want to bring on an act that should make our American visitor feel lonesome for the missing Muggsy Martin. Our own British ventriloquist, Eric Hickson and his talking timber, Toby! <laughs> Hickson, go easy on that good morning stuff. Why, Toby? That man over there looks like the truant officer. Oh, that shouldn't trouble you, Toby. You've been a very good boy, haven't you? Oh, yes, but I'm not in school. Do you mean to say you've left school? Oh, yes. Appendicitis, you know. You left school because you have appendicitis? I don't have it. Can't spell it. <laughs> you know, Toby, Toby, I saw a very strange sight the other day. Oh, dear, dear, dear. Must we go on? Toby. I, I said I saw a very strange sight the other day. All right, all right, I'll go along with the gag. Talk about Muggsy Martin's jokes being aged in the wood. Toby. Let's get on with it. You saw a very strange sight the other day. What was it? Twelve men standing under one umbrella, and not one of them got wet. And why not? It wasn't raining. <laughs> Did you hear that laugh, Fixum? They're forcing themselves to laugh. Do you blame them, Mr. Baxter? Toby, leave Mr. Baxter out of this. Leave me alone, Hickson. Oh, what about it, Mr. Baxter? Don't you feel sorry for me having to play along with Hickson's old jokes? Well, now, Toby, I don't know. I have great respect for old jokes. Old jokes are not to be laughed at. <laughs> 
In fact, in fact, one of my favorite jokes is the old one about the man whose name was Joe Hitler, and he wanted to change his name. So the judge asked him what he wanted to change it to, and he said, George Hitler, because he was tired of people saying to him, hello, Joe, what do you know? Dear me, dear me, dear me, is that strange sound laughter, Hickson? Yes. Thank you very much for your valuable contribution, Mr. Baxter. Oh, not at all, Mr. Hickson. I was just standing here with 11 other guys waiting for you to borrow another umbrella. <laughs> I suppose all your gags are original, Mr. Baxter. But of course, it's a gift. <laughs> and I've no doubt that you hang up your stockings for them every Christmas. Sure, and I always get sock gags. <laughs> when you try to top a real comedian, and Mr. Baxter will go right on top of you for the rest of the night. Mr. Baxter? Well? How do you do? Mind if we come in for a minute? All right. If you like. Um, uh, this is my wife, honey, Mr. Hickson. Mrs. Baxter. Hello, Mr. Hickson. Won't you sit down? Just throw that dressing gown on the floor. Oh, thanks. Well, so this is your boy, huh? Nice carving job. <laughs> I'm very handsome. Uh, don't you think so, Mrs. Baxter? You're a dream man, Toby. <laughs> Who made him for you? Don't put your hands on him. Oh, I'm sorry. Haven't you done enough damage tonight? Oh, now look, Hickson, you asked for it out there. I asked for nothing. It was Toby. Got me into that. Toby? Oh, now, Toby, aren't you ashamed? I asked Let you I... not to touch him. Mr. Hickson, you don't think Mel would steal him, do you? I can take no chances. Well, you sure take him seriously, don't you? Well, relax. I do all right with Muggsy, my own dummy. So I've heard. Yes. And you sure surprised me with that little act out front. Your own part in it surprised me. My part? Well, you wanted some kind of comeback, didn't you? You asked for it, Mr. You needn't Hickson. explain anything. You see, Mr. Baxter, Hickson's attitude requires a certain amount of sympathy. Uh, he's quite aware he's not our equal. Oh, now, look, Keep quiet, Hickson. Toby. Mr. Baxter, just why did you come to my dressing room? Well, uh... Professional courtesy. If you've come here to make some sort of a bargain to buy Toby, it's no use. You can never have him. Now, wait, Hickson. Yes, wait, Hickson. I won't have it, Toby. Never, never. Whatever the Baxters have to say to me is my affair. Uh, why don't you pretend you're a gentleman and make a graceful exit? Oh, really, Toby, if you're trying to make me look ridiculous... I'm succeeding. <laughs> yes, I know. Now, go on over behind the screen and get your makeup off. Very well. But I warn you. Beat it! Uh, pay no attention to him, Mrs. Baxter. No, I don't. I don't understand. This fellow's amazing. Oh. Yeah, me neither. One second. I was just sitting here thinking about gravity. <laughs> gravity is a funny thing. Like, the older you get, the more you, I think you really get to understand fucking gravity. Right? When it's, like, in your fucking 20s, you're like, gravity, yeah, yeah, gravity, right? Like, gravity, like, in your, in your teens, you're like, gravity bongs, gravity, cool, man. Oh, wow, yeah, that's what, like, makes the ties work. Yeah, I get it, boom. In your fucking 20s, you're like, yeah, yeah, gravity, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, right? That's what, like, draws people together. In your fucking 30s, then you start to kind of get it, and you're like, yeah, gravity's some heavy-duty shit, man, right? Yeah, I get it. But in your 40s, you're like, I get it now. <laughs> gravity what is what happens to me. I can feel it here, 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 here. Just my whole body pushing down. Right? In your 20s, you're like, oh, (laughs) gravity is what happens to that guy. (laughs) Gravity is what happens to that girl. But you forget, like, in that fucking middle branch. You know know what you could do tonight? Some sit-ups. And you're like, fuck you. I don't need to do sit-ups, dog. I'm living in the earth, motherfucker. Man, look, you see how I'm born? I'm gonna die like this, bitch. So don't worry about it. Sit-ups is for pussies, right? (laughs) In your 30s, just Xerox your 20s. But with like some couple of asterisks once in a while. Like when you hit like 35 and shit. Pop! Oh, shit. He hit the fucking sensitivity meter. (laughs) But I swear to God, by the time 40 rolls around, dog, you're going to be talking about, yeah, well, gravity, you know, like, it's, it's not, I'm, not, I'm not saying it's harder to breathe, but I'm just saying, <laughs> you know, like, when I bend over to tie my shoes, it gets, I get weirdly constricted. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I think it's just the way my guts have turned this month, you know, like, when I, you know, I just lean over air stops, you know, it's just, you know, one of them things, you know, it's gonna be cool, though, it's gonna be cool, you know, fuck it, <laughs> yeah, so yeah, that's what I was thinking about gravity, dog, gravity's fucked up, right, I heard some horse shit, and I have not read anything about it, so you can go look this up, but I think, like, three different um, like telescope, telescopic type shit. Let's put it that way. Keep covering your ass, George. <laughs> Identified like uh, the these fucking two black holes smashing into each other, and like either creating or confirming like a second type of gravity, which is weird. Now. <laughs> Like I just said, I'm not 100% sure exactly that's what it was. So, you know, look it up. You can find it on just any fucking... Because the first part happened. The last part is where I feel shaky because I didn't really sit and read the whole fucking thing. Well, no, I did. But after a point, it's like, well, you know what? Now it's just science speak. And I, I, you know what? I don't get it. And it's kind of fucked up to publish an article to the general public and then just throw in a bunch of science language and not explain shit. You know? I think that's dumb on any technical thing, right? Like, why why, why, why are you publishing this shit? Well, you know, it's just in Chinese. It's in the uh, Wall Street Journal. What the fuck are you talking about, right? Don't make no sense. Because if it don't make dollars, it don't make sense. No. Oh, by the way, yeah. No, I'm not going to play the rest of the show. I don't like the sound quality, even though it is the really cool. It's the second episode. It's their second audition 
for escape and i was gonna play it because it was like 28 minutes instead of fucking uh 30 or whatever per usual type shit and i was like fuck that No. <laughs> One of the last things I ever expected is this year's um, total, like, I think, you know what I really think really kind of helped kick it off, too, was having the other fucking NFL player actually get, like, put a, have a fucking cop's gun to his head. The, like in the off season or some or like second weekend or some shit, you know, to really fucking have the goddamn NFL of all fucking things, like continue Colin Kaepernick's fucking protest. That's pretty nutty. And yes, and I am in the camp of it is horseshit. That the fucking owners only showed up after fucking Trump basically said, you know, uh, you know, block the NFL or whatever the fuck. Don't watch the NFL, you know. That is bullshit. But the fact that even when Roger fucking Goodell and I am on the same side of an issue, (laughs) at least visually, that's crazy. That's how you know your world's all fucked up. That don't make sense. That dude's a fucking fascist asshole. Maybe one of the worst, like, human beings walking around this bitch. (laughs) It's, that's literally, that's where you, that, I can't imagine where the phrase, the enemy of my enemy is my friend came from. Right? It's shit like that. You're like, well, yeah, well, fuck, fuck it, man. Roger Goodell's on the right side of history. No, he's not. <laughs> it's the same, it's that same, like, kind of philosophy of thinking that, like, George W. Bush is, like, a good guy now. Oh, he was just corny. No. He's still a complete shitbag with his fucking conspiratorial douchebag friends. Just like all of the all the goddamn presidents since I've been alive, Jesus Christ! Just keep just start from well. Technically, I was born under fucking Carter, but realistically, you just call it fucking, you know, Reagan, Bush, Clinton, Bush, Obama. Barack Obama (laughs) can't remember (laughs) Trump is that it is that it sounds like it right Reagan Bush Clinton Bush Obama this asshole Trump Jesus Christ Talk about a shit show of presidents. That's like being born when like it's like Polk. <laughs> you know, like whatever. Like I'm gonna look that up. In fact, that's how we'll end this motherfucker. I'm gonna find the other run of shit whole fucking presidents to live through. Jesus Christ. 
Let's have a list of presidents. I bet I could look that up. List of prayers. There you go. I mean, I'm, I, hopefully you understand I mean American. <laughs> right. How fucked up is that, right? It should ask you that. That's fucking horse shit. It should be like, yo, dog. What country? No. Right. Because there are a lot of presidents, right? In a lot of different countries. Yeah, I feel like I'm living through the fucking Tyler Polk. Taylor Fillmore Pierce years. <laughs> it's like I was born under Johnson. Had to deal with fucking Grant Hayes and Garfield. Now it's Arthur's time and it's shit. And up next is Grover Cleveland. Thank God he dies in office. Right. It's the worst. Isn't that crazy? There's a lot of stretches of shit presidents the longer you look. If you, you know. People always like... That's how people always think of shit. Because people are like disaster fucking matriarchs or patriarchs or whatever the fuck. So it's like, oh, they either think of all the great shit. So they're like, oh, it's Washington, Adams, and Jefferson, and Madison, Monroe, and, you know, and uh, blah, 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 blah. Right, they might go Jackson and Van Buren. You know, all the fucking names, you know. They might go poke in there just to show that they're hip and shit. Fucking Lincoln, you know, Grant, you know what I'm saying, right? Brother Bibi Hayes, right? Blah, 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 blah. Roosevelt, Taft, you know what I'm saying? Wilson, right? You know, all this horse shit. And that was all terrible people. Ugh. And even when they get their pictures in here, they're just as shit. Ugh. Anyway. Yeah. Even his fucking picture at the end of this thing makes it doesn't make sense. <laughs> you get like all the presidents and then you get this shithead. He's two years younger than my father was. Ugh. My mother's getting old. Hey, by the way, <laughs> it's so funny. All these other people are like, um, 40th and 42nd governor of Arkansas. You know, uh, 46th governor of Texas. I don't know how you did that bullshit paid off. Um, U.S. Senator from Illinois. <laughs> Chairman of the Trump Organization, 1971 to 2017. <laughs> Quote, unquote, no prior elected office. Jeez, oh, beats. And you, if you really want a real shit show, go run down the list of fucking VPs. That's so garbage. Mike Pence, barf. Joe Biden, barf. Dick Cheney, worse. Al Gore, barf. Dan Quayle, barf. George W. Bush, barf. Walter Mondale, barf. Just run, just run it all the way back, dog. Yeah, I'm talking to you, Lyndon Baines Johnson. <laughs> All right. Who gives a fuck? Who cares? Uh, well, I don't hardly know ya. 
waiting to show ya. Fuck it. Let's uh let's walk out like you walked in. With the fucking, I didn't mean to turn you on because this is the shit. And uh, with the clout, right? Yeah, with the clout. And we out. Peace.
MutinyRadio.fm Shave and haircut Two tits Swimming through a sea of podcasts Are ye on a raft Without a patter Well gather around me sea dogs And get aboard me pirate ship As we set sail for the seas Of MutinyRadio.fm from there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> I'm Michael Spiegelman. And I am Carl, not Spiegelman. Join us every Sunday, 2 to 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on MutinyRadio.fm for... Let's watch a full-length movie on... YouTube. We watch the best movies that... uh, Aren't they good? Well, they're chosen by Uh, Here's his theme song again. Bye. Okay, bye. Watch a full-length movie. Looking for a personal injury lawyer in San Francisco, look no further than Francis J. Shaheda. Mr. Shaheda did an amazing job with my case. First, he informed the courts about my case that had not been scheduled or submitted yet, despite the language on the citation. I was so confused and afraid of the legal system, but he did it all for me. He communicated promptly via email with any of my questions. I was afraid of an enormous fine for a small infraction, as well as a criminal offense on my record, but he spoke to the DA to have my case removed from criminal court and put into the community court system. I am so overwhelmingly happy with the results he generated and would recommend him to anyone with legal issues. This is a personal first-person narrative because Francis J. Shaheda helped me personally, helped Mutiny Radio go to him for personal injury issues. You can email him at www.personalinjuryattorney.com fjs.com again the law office of francis j shaheda in san francisco awesome and underground space for an event? Look no further than MutinyRadio.fm. Our 30-seat flexible space can accommodate your acoustic band, birthday party, comedy show, dance party, karaoke super fun, theater event, fundraiser. If you think it, we can do it. You run the door in promotion, we run the sound, space, and podcast. Rentals available Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday from 8 to 10 at Mutiny Radio FM's performance space at 2781 21st Street in the Deep Mission at 21st in Florida. Contact Pam at pamsadai at hotmail.com for more options and booking dates. 
incredible socialist prices so you can be creative in a free speech space without breaking the bank. That's Mutiny Radio Rentals every Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday from 8 to 10. Book your event now. Trying to hurt me, but boy, how it burns me whenever she touched me. And oh, I feel so lucky. October 6th, come join us at Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse for Johan Miranda. 